0: Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and ours. And we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximizing the drama. This episode is part of our current Main House production, Vigil, Cold Snap. In this production, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the Main House. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil a Merely role players Main House production. Cold Snap, Act Three of Six.
1: I'm Strat, and I play Briar, the Monstrous. Briar is a shape-shifting Fae Guardian of the Rosebriar Forest. They take their job very seriously, but can get a little distracted if there's mischief to be made.
2: I'm Josh, and I play Ginny Greenteeth, the spell slinger. In the Dark Ages, soothsayer Ginny was chased from her village under suspicion of witchcraft. Now, many centuries later, she is the proud owner of a local tourist attraction and gift shop in Sheridan.
3: Hi, I'm Chris Starkey and I play Cameron Jarvis, The Wronged. Cam's parents and sister were killed by ghouls when he was just 10 years old, while on a camping trip near Sheridan. Ever since then, a Doom agent has been secretly training Cam to hunt and kill
2: monsters.
4: I'm Nat, and I play Gwynedd the Divine. Gwyn was once a shield maiden of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. After interfering with one of her schemes by rescuing a mortal man, the Morrigan banished Gwyn to live life as a duck in what became Sherrydown's Duck Pond. Now released from her curse thousands of years later, Gwyn is trying to forge a new life as part of the local National Trust team, but is finding it difficult to stay under the radar.
0: This is a protected forest and that status needs to be reviewed every now and then. Briar has quite a lot riding on this because uh, Briar has an investment in this forest remaining protected. The four of you see in the stone circle two bodies. Briar recognises these two as Baron Oak and the
2: Holly Duke.
4: We need to head back to, to Briar's home. The ghouls is heading there.
2: I attempt to go into a trance and see this Frosty enemy.
0: Every single strand of its fur is frozen solid with permafrost. Its antlers are made of solid, transparent ice. It has the form of an ancient Irish elk.
2: I come out of my trance and I'm cold to the touch from having even seen this creature through a vision and I breathe out frosty breath and shiver. My hair is sort of filled with frost which I manage to shake off and I look up or Ginny looks up at Gwyn and says Something awful is coming. Something terrible is gonna to happen to the forest. Any any chance any chance you can fly any quicker?
4: Gwen has um, started to, to hold... I think when she started shaking, Gwen was... Uh, I mean, her hold on Ginny was very solid anyway. It was very secure, but she started to hold her tighter in trying to be more of a comforting kind of way. And that, that comfort, I think, when she comes out of the trance in a frosty way, yeah, it, it kind of manifests in her... She's just trying to hold on to her and, and keep Ginny warm or, or help her warm back up again as we're flying. And about how far away are we now, do we think, from the tree?
0: About halfway. Halfway from the Grove of Oddities to the tree.
4: All right, well, it's it's risky, but it sounds like we've got to go for it. So she looks down to, to Briar and to Cam and says, uh, we'll see you there. And uh, I am going to attempt to teleport, holding Ginny. <laughs> yep, so this ah. is
0: a roll plus weird.
4: Uh, five, six, seven, eight. So it's not ideal.
0: <laughs> I'll leave it to you. Do you both appear in the wrong place or are you separated in the flight?
4: I think as we get closer to the tree, perhaps one of the, the ghouls man it like because we're not flying above the trees necessarily we're flying through the forest right so I am having to duck and, and weave and kind of spin like to go super fast as well. It's probably quite disorientating for, for Ginny. Kind of like that hyperspace sickness kind of like mm. Ugh, as she is ducking and diving and weaving and spinning through the vines and the boughs and I think um she's so focused on getting to the tree at speed that As we get a little bit closer, one of the ghouls possibly sideswipes. So I think we get knocked and separated, but she manages to use her magic to push Ginny, continuing in the right trajectory, safely, so Ginny gets there, but Gwynedd is taken out and sideswiped before we get there.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah. Huge. And so the angel wings move, the teleportation move, what it actually looks like is just your flight speeds up right you just mm. zoom off and go incredibly fast through the trees
4: yeah like a like before we start there's a a kind of a pause in the flapping and then it's like one giant flap um and it's like a torpedo kind of going wings folded back straight like a missile
0: fantastic and yes within sniffing distance of your goal from a tree from the treetops a ghoul leaps and takes a wild slash at your wings. And yes, you have to project Ginny onwards to the goal, but you yourself, Gwyneth, are born to the ground and roll across the ground in a bundle Mm -hmm. with this ghoul. Meanwhile, Briar and Cameron, as Gwyneth and Ginny torpedo off towards the tree. Eric the inspector stumbles out of the forest, following the same general path as all of the fleeing wildlife. He is muddy up to the knee. he's lost his clipboard but still bravely holding on his glasses, and one of his arms is covered in frost that doesn't seem to be melting even in the dappled sunlight. He just sort of stumbles out of the lee of a nearby tree and props himself up on it and says, well, you, that's certainly a, a new thing to see in this forest.
1: Whoa, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, I, I don't think Briar would be too interested in, in helping Eric. The fae and the forest are in danger, so... I'll just shout over my shoulder as you gallop past them. <laughs>
3: I'd head northwest. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! I just want to sort of whisper into Briar's ears whilst we're um, galloping along. Well, not really whisper, but say, are you scared, Briar? And he knows I'm serious because I called him Briar, not Tink. Are you scared?
1: There is a snort that comes from the horse. Which manages to convey the affirmative. Don't be.
3: Use it. We're going to kill these little shitters. (laughs) You and I together. They're all going to die. And there's nothing to be scared of. If you feel a little bit of terror, use it. Become stronger. Kill them. Kill them all, Briar. This is your home. They've killed your family. I've killed them before. They go down easy, like breaking a melon. Don't be scared of them.
1: I think at the end of that, there's just a very large whinny from the horse, and the pace picks up.
0: And as if on cue, ghouls leap from two nearby trees, one from either side of the path that you're taking, in an attempt to tackle Cam from Briar's back. What do you I
1: do? would like to react by, rather than him getting bundled off of Briar's back, I would like to buck, just to throw him off of my back so that the ghoul kind of sails over... <laughs> and cam has a chance of landing and preparing himself rather than being um blindsided by
0: cam you are bucked from briar's back
3: what do you
1: do
0: i
3: do sort of like a combat roll as i sort of hit the ground come up on one knee and as i stand i've got a bloody great axe in one hand and a shotgun in the other and i (laughs) have a big smile on my face I say, let's dance, pretty boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the the ghouls flump to the ground, uh, having missed in their tackles, to the point that they just look like two bundles of empty clothes, which then slowly inflate and rise, and the top swivels, but the trousers don't bother uh, until they're both facing you, Cam.
3: I start to laugh, and I start walking forwards.
2: Ginny. My, my my official name is Granny Torpedo, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you were being carried at blinding magical light speed through the forest, and for the final leg of this journey, you were instead magically yeeted towards the tree.
2: <laughs> yes, flung. Nobody tosses a granny.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, canny toss your granny through the woods. <laughs> <laughs>
2: First musical number. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> hey. I think when I'm released by Gwyn, I think there's a moment of, oh shit. But uh, I take it in, or Ginny takes it in her stead as she's flung forward, like, a, like an Olympic diver just spreads her arms out to the side. And uh, I'm going to summon wind energy via my magic ability to essentially give me a bit of an underdraft <laughs> to slow my descent so that I can land rather than splat into a tree. Like an air break. Bingo. Kind of like if you've ever been, um, what is it, like uh, skydiving, but you're just in a centre with a load of air being blown at you, whatever that's called. So just being held aloft by this gust of wind underneath me, which is coming out of my hands, slows me down.
0: And Strat, can you describe the situation that Ginny finds herself in?
1: Oh, sure, yes. Um, You're at the centre of the forest. Briar's tree is one of those really big... Thick kind of malformed trees. Have you ever seen forest forest gully, f- fern gully? It's that that big, like really thick and weird kind of tree. Renowned, yeah, re-nulled. Um There's loads of uh, carvings in it, runes so old that even you don't know their meaning, and lots of like crudely drawn faces um, and figures and like yeah, figures with antlers and, and all sorts. Uh, and there's a giant uh, kind of knot at one side that's, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd know was the, the entrance to Briar's Tree, to their home. You, you'll have been there before. You'll have been inside the tree.
2: And I think I probably skid and, and land a little clumsily, but certainly not messily, following my, my rapid uh, descent and land right next to the tree and just lay one hand on it to calm me.
0: And all is quiet here at the tree at the moment.
2: I turn around to see where I've just come from, hoping to be able to hear uh, duck wings or (laughs) horses gallops or shotgun blasts.
0: Uh, I think you're probably too far to hear horse hooves. I think you can probably hear sounds of movement beyond what small woodland creatures could make crashing in Mm -hmm. the undergrowth. It's a bit difficult from here to work out exactly what direction it's coming from. Um, But you could head in that direction and see you know, investigate further.
2: I think, yeah, Ginny definitely turns, grabs a handful of components out of her apron in preparation and begins to sprint as quickly as she can do back in the direction she's just been flung.
0: Gwyn. Yes. As you roll out of this uh, dive, there is a ghoul, again, reforming on the ground, the clothes filling out with smoke, with shadow. Uh, what do you do?
4: I so I'd mentioned before um, about her her flaming bow staff. She doesn't have a specific flaming bow staff, but if she's in the forest and she reaches out to a tree, it gives her a branch that that kind of twists into the right kind of shape and built to actually function. So as she been um, hurled and, and tumbled through the forest. She uh, kind of sticks a hand out as she's recovering and uh, and grabs uh, a staff and manages to just about scrabble to, uh, to her feet and her wings kind of fold away into nothingness because they're not needed right now. The tree branch kind of twists as she spins it around her head and forms into a solid staff and the, uh, the ends kind of start to glow with embers. As she uh she kind of glares down the the ghoul
0: and are you still in your national trust gilet
4: <laughs> I, I think the uh, yeah the the wings won't have torn it per se they probably would have manifested through it and then manifested back through it as well so uh, so yeah it's probably a little restrictive though so she might she might remove it in in a moment of kind of. This is really very inconvenient, you know. I was just learning how to do these inspection things, and I thought it was going very well until you turned up.
0: The ghoul cowers slightly in the the face of that, and a voice emanates from the hood. Sorry, sorry and everything, but he doesn't want you at the tree.
4: At that, she does raise an eyebrow and says... Well, I suppose we better make this quick then, shouldn't we? And I'm going to go kick some ass.
0: Great, yeah. Uh, so you're swinging at it with the yep. smouldering bow stuff. So roll plus tough.
4: Which is two. Uh, five, six, seven,
0: eight, nine, 10. When you kick some ass against something that can fight you back, the default thing that happens is you deal your harm to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because you've rolled a 10+, plus, you also get some sort of extra effect off the kick-some-ass list
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that can swing things a bit more in your favour. Uh, so which of those options would you
4: like? I don't have time to be messing around. I want this thing done with so I can get back to the tree, so I'm going to inflict terrible harm.
0: Fantastic. The ghoul charges headlong at you, and you can see with glinting within its sleeve the blades of craft knives, stanley knives, butterfly knives, flick knives, all sorts of small blades uh, that could cause like a serrated cut like you've seen on the holly duke and baron oak. Mm. Your bow staff slams into it for whatever harm it does plus 1.
4: So it does four harm total.
0: Oh, good grief. Yes, you were better. sit down.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jinkies. Yeah, what does that look like?
4: As she lunges towards it, uh, she spins it around her head and uses the momentum to sweep underneath it, uh, to sweep its humanoid legs that have formed underneath it to, to lay it to the ground... Take some harm as it falls and then um, the momentum still carries on and the the staff just kind of loops back round and smashes straight through it. But as it falls to the ground, perhaps with the knives in its hands, it's tried to grapple at her to try and stay on its feet or try and retain some purchase. So it's kind of scraped down her legs with these knives a bit as she's kind of stepped in closer to to smash the staff straight through it
0: yeah as you 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 sacrifice your footing slightly for the killing blow to end this quickly so it does manage to score down one leg mm-hmm. uh, you feel the blood running down there but the flaming staff uh, the the flames from the staff drive out the shadows and th- does does the staff smoke or is it just a pure clean fire
4: oh no it's a clean fire it's holy yeah. fire darling
0: holy fire uh, and the, the clothes that form the physical form of the ghoul are incinerated by this holy fire. There is nothing of this creature left. You are going to take uh, minus one ongoing on any, any roll that would involve fast movement sure. from that wound on your leg.
4: Okay. And then she's going to start heading in the direction of the tree.
0: So I think you probably meet Ginny coming the other way.
4: Well, that one's done with. How's the tree It's all all right, my
2: love, it's okay. How Oh, your leg is looking a bit gammy. What's happened?
4: It'll be fine. Let's get to the tree and wait for the others and see what we can find there. We can always heal up there. I was
2: just a little bit worried about Cameron and Briar, but if you think they've got it under control, then we'll go to the tree.
4: Gwyn kind of nods, thinking, if whatever this is does not want us by the tree, then I want to be by the tree.
2: Ginny sees the intensity in your eyes, agrees, and sprints back the direction she just came.
0: Right, lovies? It's me, Matt, your compere, just reminding you in the interval that audience participation is not compulsory, but we do encourage everyone to boo the ghouls. I've got a date for you to pencil into your calendars. I say pencil in because, you know, nothing's certain or predictable at the moment. But if you're allowing yourself to look forward to things, here's something to look forward to. Blackshaw Theatre's first live production in ages will be on Saturday the 3rd of July in a circus tent in South London, as part of the Wandsworth Arts Fringe. Blackshaw is merely roleplayers' sister company, so lots of the same people are involved. The play was written by Strat, who I'm sure you're enjoying in this production as Briar, and directed by Ellie Pitkin, who you'll remember from her role as Percy Byron in Vigil Playtime, and Jeff Goldblum in Dr Magnet Hands. The play's called Trouble at Sea, A Miss McSkimming Mystery, and it's a sequel to the first Miss McSkimming Mystery, which you can find on the Blackshaw Arts Hour podcast. I'll put a link to that in the notes for this episode. If you enjoy it, then you should definitely come see Trouble at Sea. Once again, that's happening on Saturday, the 3rd of July, in South London, as part of the With Arts Fringe. Now, while I go call beginners for this next scene, here's a taster of another podcast production you might enjoy. Omen Investigations also uses Monster of the Week, but while we're here mucking about in the English countryside, they're jetting off to secret tropical islands full of cyborg dragons and the like. While that's going, please start making your way back to your seats in the main house for Vigil Cold Snap, Act 3 of 6.
1: Attention, new agents. This is me, Dr. Byron Brimstone, Director of the Omen. That's the Office for Occult Monitoring, Examination and Negation. I'm here to give you a short intro into the adventures of the Omen Investigations team. Join us on a comedy role-playing podcast set in the modern world, where three agents travel the globe to deal with demons, cultists, and conspiracy theories. Follow the exploits of Koala Jackson, an amnesiac Australian with a dark history, Yeah. Annabelle St. John. A gun-sticking girl from the Deep
4: South. Is it a gun cult or is it a pony cult?
1: And Dr. Martin, a disgraced former professor from Sweden. I mean, I am from Sweden. If you like listening to people search for monsters, aliens, entities from beyond the void, and other such hoo-ha, then you should check out Omen Investigations on all good podcast apps. Bibstone out. Dolores, remind me why we're podcasting our top secret operations again.
4: Those are from Mr. the
2: Starlinson.
1: Right.
0: Briar and Cam, a little way away, uh, further away from the tree, through the forest, there are ghouls either side of you. Ghouls to the left of you, ghouls to the right.
1: <laughs>
0: two two in total. One looks at the other and points at Briar, still in horse form. That's the one. And they, they begin to close in on Briar. What do the two of you do?
1: So Briar after bucking Karen off their back will have skipped to a halt and stomped around uh, and at that in the blink of an eye there's no longer a stallion there but a large muscled uh, wolf or I was thinking back to the days when wolves roamed the, uh, the countryside of mainland England and decides that it's time they came back it's Hackle's Raise and the only response is one well, of that, that like deep, guttural kind of growl for the the, the back of the, the wolf's throat. Uh, it's going to give a little glance at Cameron and then just leap, claws first at the nearest goal. Oh, plus tough. Okay, I got plus tough two. <laughs> oh, that's a twelve. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, Which advantage would you like from the kick some ass list?
1: Give Cam plus one forward. Uh, So
0: how does what you're doing give Cam an advantage?
1: Uh, I would like to jump claws first at the goal and like drive him to the ground and just be like clawing at him (laughs) him quite fairly. So it, it essentially nullifies any advantage they had from attacking together. And I think perhaps they're also a little surprised at the sudden verocity <laughs> of what had up until then just been a horse.
0: <laughs> Great. Uh, how much harm do you do?
1: Uh, I do two harm, which ignores armour.
0: Great. Uh, it does two harm as yep. well. So as you barrel into it, both of its arms, both of its empty looking sleeves come up and uh, you feel the pierce and slash of several tiny blades at your belly mm-hmm. as you come down on this thing like a ton of bricks and you shred its uh, clothing its outer shell mm-hmm. and you see the smoke and the shadow of the ghoul itself bleeding out and snaking away in a small low-lying foggy cloud through the undergrowth
3: cam mm-hmm. what do you do seeing this i feel quite buoyed <laughs> by just seeing a fucking great wolf just rip horrible ghouls to pieces so I quite casually just stand in between the ghoul that's nearest me and Briar as it's sort of like heading towards Briar's direction and just a backhand swing an axe in its face. <laughs> roll plus tough. So I've got Know My prey where I get a plus one ongoing when I'm fighting the monsters that caused my loss. Yep. Which are ghouls nice. and I've got a plus one just from Briar just now so I've got plus four to this <laughs> roll. Okay, here comes the first failure of the game, boys and girls. Even mm-hmm. with a plus four, I bet you I roll snake eyes. I bet you. Oh no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> that was an eleven. Aye. <laughs> Fifteen total. Uh, and I'm going to do terrible harm as well. So, as the ghoul sort of leaps towards Briar, I sort of bisect it <laughs> with a swing of, like, a, quite a casual swing of the axe. <laughs> And just sort of look pityingly at it, like not even pityingly, just like disdainfully at it, like it wasn't even worth the hassle. How did these cause me so much trouble in the past? <laughs> yeah.
0: So you, you swing the axe and as the axe is biting through its cloth shell, uh, it twists in the air, redirecting the momentum of its leap at briar into a wild slash of its knifey sleeve across your chest. Uh, for two harm, less any armour you're wearing? I have two armour. No harm to Cam. I just sort of smirk. And <laughs> yeah. um, uh, how much harm does your axe do? Uh, that's four damage. Oh, this one is... Yeah, again, you've destroyed its outer shell. The uh, clothing, the ragged now scraps of cloth flump to the ground. But again, you see... The smoke and shadow that is the true ghoul within the shell hiss away through the undergrowth, not mm. yet destroyed. Mm. And you hear the two of you as you, as you're seeing this smoke and shadow writhe away. Um. Could you help me, young man?
3: I turn round. Is it Eric I see before me? It is Eric. <laughs> And there is a
0: ghoul standing with its blade-filled sleeve at his throat. Standing behind him, using him as a shield between you and it. And it points with its other bladed arm at Briar, at the wolf. Just give us him. Give
2: us that one.
3: I look over my shoulder at Briar and I turn to face the ghoul and I just casually take off the motorcycle helmet and put it on the floor, and I just say, let him go, or you're next. And I just try to like, freak this fucker out. If I let him go, you'll kill me anyway.
0: Give us that one, and I won't kill him.
3: Hey, uh, man, what's your name? Eric.
0: Eric. He says, trying to move his throat as little as possible while he speaks.
3: Great. Eric. Um. Duck, and I shoot my shotgun <laughs> at the uh, at the sort of head of the ghoul's sort of like hoodie. Uh, roll plus tough to protect someone. I still got my plus one, so plus three. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That is a 13, boys and girls. Oh. oh, yeah. Wow. So you protect
0: them. You'll suffer some of the harm they were going to get, potentially. But you okay. also get to pick an
3: extra option. Great. I'm just going to have all the impending danger is now focused on me. <laughs> Great. Eric ducks. I think he takes,
0: like, some scoring scratches down one cheek from the blades. Sure. But they're not, you know, they're superficial. They're not fatal and he drops to his knees and the shotgun blast shreds the hooded top of the ghoul. How much harm does your shotgun do? Uh, That's uh, three damage. Once again, you see the hoodie, the tracksuit and the shoes just flop to the ground in pieces as the smoke and the shadow of the true ghoul hiss and writhe away through the undergrowth.
3: Eric? Eric? (laughs) <laughs> Come here buddy, it's going to be okay It's going to be okay He tries to get to his feet and just stumbles
0: With legs turned to jelly
1: ah. A wolf walks over <laughs> And sits next to Karen <laughs> And Brid- cocks its head a little bit
3: Briar, do you know this guy? Wolf nods ah, Can you do something about him? Have I got to, you know We've got to bring him with us Can you put him somewhere safe?
1: <laughs> wolf very slowly sadly nods
3: oh, thanks Briar
1: um, it kind of gets up and starts walking towards his tree and kind of indicates right. that they should follow
3: Eric you're going to come with us okay Are you? were you talk to, to, to talking to that wolf Eric you just got to shut up okay and just come with us we haven't got time for this Yep, there's a big wolf. Don't worry about it. You're having a really bad dream, man. It's really, really bad. I I'm sorry. Roll plus charm. <laughs> oh, here We're we all go. Famously good at this. Oh, fuck off. Okay, okay. So I rolled one six, <laughs> a two, and a and my plus so that's that's seven total, plus one. So that's eight. Eight, eight. I rolled for charm. What do I get for that?
0: Uh they'll do it, but only if you do them do something for them right now to show that you mean it.
3: Well then it's a bad dream. <laughs> yeah. Or that you or that he needs to come with you. Hey, you know that thing with the knives for hands? Eric? Are you listening? I'll give him a little slap round the face. The, the 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 youth
0: that you that you shot.
3: Yep, yep. You know he had like nasty knives, didn't he? He touches his cheek and looks at his fingers and sees them bloody. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it did that, didn't it? Now, there are more of them out here. Do you want them to kill you? Do you. Do you. Do you promise that
0: you'll keep me safe from them?
3: I'll promise you that they'll not want to see me anymore. Is that good enough? He sort of mutely nods. All right then, Eric. And
0: trail, gets, gets shakily to his feet and trails after you. Come on then, big boy, you've
3: got this. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of just walk off, hoping Eric follows me.
0: Who's up for another Ernie flashback?
3: Yay! Yay!
0: What activity, what sort of training is he making Cam do this time? I think uh, PT, physical training. Okay. Bit of CrossFit. Yeah, so uh,
3: burpees, crunches, press-ups. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. And ha- how old's Cam this time? Uh, a bit older now. I reckon he's about 15, 15, okay. 16. He's trying to do that thing and if you watched the first series of Arrow, where he does that thing where he sort of like um, jumps up. He's like he's holding a oh, yeah, bar, yeah. And he's sort of like the fish ladder. Yes. Salmon yes. ladder, sorry. That's yeah, the salmon ladder. He's doing uh, Cameron's uh trying to perfect that. Amazing. He's been trying for like 3 years. And he's <laughs> he's he's getting there.
4: Is he is he like one of those teenage... because teenage boys develop in different ways, right? So is he one of those teenagers that stays completely lanky until suddenly like early 20s he bulk's out or is he one of those teenagers that's like unnervingly uh, gets muscular. Uh, the Young.
3: latter. He's, he's sort of like one of those um, rugby-playing kids who just has always been huge. You know, he, he's uh, crazy levels of testosterone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Ernie is standing square, arms folded at the bottom of the salmon ladder, still in his suit. Uh, he's a few years older. He's uh, even stockier, even more lined in the face. And he says, CJ! CJ! Do you know why, no matter how many ghouls you cut up, they keep coming back? No. It's because all you're doing is you're cutting up the vessel, the clothes they're inhabiting. You're not cutting the real ghoul underneath. Right. So, uh, how do I do it then? Ghouls is creatures are magic. They can only oh. be hurt by the magical and the holy any normal blade won't cut them. You've got to enchant it or have it blessed.
3: Uh, I jump off the, the salmon ladder at this point, I just go, "What are you talking about? Ghouls I get, monsters I get. Holy magic. Come on, Ernie, you've been talking to me about this crap for five years now, and i am starting to get I'm starting to it's starting to piss me off, frankly. You're going to have to learn
0: about this stuff sooner or later, CJ. Whether you whether you want to become a practitioner yourself or not, you're going to have to understand it in case anybody ever uses it against you.
3: When he um, when he says CJ, just the knuckles around the bar that I'm holding just whiten a little bit, <laughs> and I, I I I no longer sort of mask my distaste for the shortening of the name, um, but rather than the fury that. 11 year old cam would show in his face it's just the calm icy stare i just give ernie dead in the eyes and uh, no matter how much
0: ernie tried to get this through to cam and to teach him some rudiments of magic uh, he never really picked it up like he never really uh, took to the sort of the basics I think you sort of overall got a grasp of the fact that it exists and sort of the broader frameworks of it. But you never developed into somebody who's adept at just sort of doing simple spells yourself.
3: I would like to, in this sort of like berserker state, Mm -hmm. the use of CJ's got him into, (laughs) I'd like to attempt the Salmon Ladder one more time but do it absolutely flawlessly by using No Limits for the first time. Yeah, do it. And just... channel the anger
0: so roll plus weird
3: so plus two for me so he's talking about magic but this is my weird <laughs> oh no <laughs> yay finally there, there it's it a is. five plus this is, two is the best seven. time to fail
0: because it's in the past yes <laughs> mm-hmm. still a seven so it's a seven in this flashback cam does indeed push past his physical limits and achieve the salmon ladder for the first time but did it hurt you? Did it exhaust you? Uh, what, what was the
3: consequence at that time? It exhausted him. It's the first time he's had to sort of do an adrenaline surge like this before. And so he is shattered at the end of it. Cam has trouble getting down from the sand yeah.
0: ladder after this. He sort of hmm.
3: collapses off of it, I think. And yeah, and Ernie has
0: to kind of... He doesn't quite catch you um, like Prince and Princess style, but he does yeah, have he to sort it. of guide you to the ground to make sure that you don't break both your legs as you fall off the salmon ladder Mm -hmm. and back to the present when Ginny and Gwyn return to Briar's tree the carven gnarled tree at the heart of the forest they're not alone there are four humans there and Gwyn knows them. Uh, they are Robin Goodfellow's second-in-command, Adrian, and three other members of the National Trust survey team. Adrian is addressing the other three. Look, I'm not going to point fingers, but between us, we have we have lost the inspector. Um, so we'll we'll work out who's to blame for it later. But. Uh, we, we can't let him be roaming the forest when night draws in. So priority is finding him. So this is our muster point, And we're going to fan out from here. Stay on your walkie-talkies channel four and uh, search in pairs. And we'll uh, comb the forest, zigzag through the sectors I've marked on your maps until we find him. Got it?
4: I have a question. Yes. Uh, so obviously Adrienne is Fae Folk. Are uh, the other three...
0: Adrienne is not fae folk. Oh, she's not fae folk. They're all human.
4: They're all human, human. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, And did I see, or did Ginny convey to me, the direction of the frost?
2: I think when we arrived, she certainly would have told you all the information.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that that was kind of the direction that uh, the inspector was in as well. Yep. So I think as they're approaching, uh, and and Gwyne overhears this, she's like, "All right, the inspector." <sighs> right, uh, yeah, and uh, and walks over to to the group of them, plants the like casually plants the the staff into the ground on the edge of the uh, the clearing, so uh, they don't see her carrying a flaming staff, um, and it just kind of turns into a tree again. Oh, she's left a gillay as well, hasn't she? That's somewhere in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> she's done a terrible job. <laughs> oh, Adrienne, I, I I'm glad I caught you. I was uh, I, I I was just with with Briar and the inspector. With who? Uh, with, with, I was just with Robin, Robin. Uh, it's, it's his little nickname. That uh, he lets me call him, and uh, yeah, I was just with him and the inspector, and uh, and things seem to be going well, so. Uh, oh, you. So good, good work, everyone. You know where he is. Yeah, yeah. So he was. they uh, they're just back, having a having a little look through the uh, the marshy flats. Mm. Bloody...
0: we've been trying both of them for the last hour.
4: Oh, well, you know what the signal's like around these parts on those those mobile phones of yours?
0: They were... Everybody was... Nobody ever abides by my schedules. They were supposed to be back at the back at the station for lunch. We got worried.
4: Well, you, you know what Robin's like. He got a bit excited because uh, cause some of the spring-growing berries were in season so we thought he'd show the inspector and we had a little snack so they're running a bit late for lunch
0: oh, well they could have let us know fine okay we'll we'll false alarm everybody stand down we'll we'll head back to the station you know that the the national trust station which is in the car park on the edge of uh, on the edge of the rosebriar forest if they were to head back there from here it would take them straight into the path of the frost
4: Mmm, ah, uh, yeah, about that. Um, I oh, this is my, my friend Ginny, by the way. Um,
2: hello, my darlings. My name's Jenny, Jenny Greenteeth, local business owner. Thank you for acknowledging me.
4: Ginny, Ginny owns some of the attractions on the edge of the forest. You, you know, you know, Ginny, right? She's the, the one that looks after the the, the stones. And the rings and the... Grove, grove
2: of oddities. <laughs> you didn't
0: you didn't have an Adrian magnet last time I visited. I, I'm sorry, what? I looked for a magnet in your gift shop with my name on it and they didn't have one.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry about that, Amy. I'll make sure that we get one of those in at, to, at some time in the future for you, love. But make sure you do drop by. We're closed today, I'm afraid.
4: But but no, no, you're, you're not closed, are you, Ginny? Because... Cause... Because Robin was going to take the inspector there after the they were looking at the the marshy bits. And, and they were going to go and he was going to show them the gift shop and, and the stone circles and all of that um, as part of the experience of our forest.
2: Oh, of course, of course, my love. I'm so sorry. My mind, I am very old, you see. And I've... I've... I I, I haven't really got my wits about me. It's been such a long day. Where am I? And she looks around.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Gwyn puts her arms around Ginny and just kind of like without missing a beat, just still looking at Adrienne, just like, yes, there, there, dear. Now, uh, we're just here to, to check in on the tree. So that looks nice for when the inspector comes here, but uh, I think it would be great if I mean I don't want to inve- I don't want to interrupt your schedule or anything, but wouldn't it be nice if we could all meet up at the the gift shop later?
0: Roll plus charm.
3: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a minus one. Uh, this is for manipulate someone, isn't it? Well, that's a five on the dice. <laughs> and
0: a minus one from the stats. <laughs> as you're speaking to Adrienne, you see over her shoulder, emerging from the woods into the clearing, another group of ghouls, five strong. Oh. And they linger on the edge of the clearing and sort of shuffle and are looking at each other as if they're formulating a plan. What do you do?
4: On spotting them, Gwyneth just gives up trying to actually convince anyone of anything. Just like, oh, for goodness sake.
2: Don't, don't worry, my love. I'll deal with them. You just go and deal with the nasties.
4: And just just runs straight towards them, grabs another tree and <laughs> uh, spins the staff towards them. But, but yells behind, um, you really should check out the gift shop. <laughs> A six. I do have two tufts That does take it up to eight.
0: Okay. Uh, so on a seven to nine, it takes a little while for the banishing to take effect. It ha- they have time to make a couple of actions.
4: Oh god, this is going to be painful.
2: <laughs> I, I just, I just turn to the group of, uh, of mortals and just say, just bear with us a moment. I've just got to deal with some local undesirables, um and I'd like to uh, stick my hands into my component uh, apron. Uh, pull out uh, some dust and some uh, uh, crunched up golden ferns and throw it uh, in a line in front of me uh, and cast my wind wall uh, to separate the ghouls from Gwyn. So there we are. That is a ten total. Amazing.
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, What
2: does the wind wall do? So... The, the, the ground between Gwyn and the ghouls suddenly there's like a tiny localised like, uh, like tornado that picks up between the two of them, uh, between them all. And the, the leaves and the grass and any branches that are on the floor just begin to be picked up by this whirling dervish that forms into a long, say, 8 foot high, 20 foot wide wall... Uh, with just this very, very localized um, maelstrom of chaos and uh, uh, and carnage, could it go? Could it go through the the ghouls and push them backwards? I feel like a, wi-
0: a wall of wind could do that. Sure.
2: So it just appears right in front of them, and they would all just be pushed backwards there their arms and legs flail outwards as they're pushed backwards forcefully by this wall uh, and all the associated debris and shrap- natural shrapnel that's been picked up from the ground uh, bustling and wafting around and it forces them all backwards in a line
0: I just want us all to appreciate the immensely long list of tags that this attack has uh, <laughs> one harm magical barrier close one armour obvious loud forceful <laughs>
2: All of those things. So I think it does
0: two harm. Sort of spread between them. Which means that a couple of them are basically just blasted apart. And this is magic, so it blasts apart the internal true form of the ghoul as well. Scattered to the winds. But three pick themselves up. And uh, next to you, Ginny, Adrian and the National Trust team are just looking to you, to the Wall of Wind, to what Gwyneth is doing. Going... What the fuck? This has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Chris Starkey as Cameron Jarvis, Natalie Winter as Gwynedd, Strat as Briar, and Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. Sorry, sorry and everything, but he doesn't want you at the tree.
4: Is it Errol? Is Errol a ghoul now?
2: Matt, what does it smell like? What does the what what does the ghoul smell like? I admit there is some overlap in the voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Sorry. <laughs>